You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 164, sponsored by Devil May Cry from Fundimation, In Stock Trades, and Netflix. It's gonna be a fun, fun winter now, but I've got my wool socks on. It's gonna be so exciting when it gets cold outside. Your nose looks so damn cold, but my nose is so much colder. If you can't see my breath, why don't you stand just a little bit? Hello and welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. It is episode 164. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with John, Josh, John, Josh, fuck me. How long? I know how to spell your name, one N, and you can call me John. <laughs> that is my uncle, goddamn you. Josh Flanagan. Hi. And Ron Richards. Hello. Hello. We are iFanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one. They write about it on the website. Sometimes they make it by Wednesday. And then we talk about it on this here podcast, along with various other topics of interest and things like that. And before we get to the show, quick reminder, this is a review show. So we'll be talking about plot lines and spoilers. So if you haven't read your books yet, pause the show, come back later. You'll be happier for that, and we'll get less hateful email. Listen, it wasn't my fault, and there's still time to save Han. Anyway. <laughs> Josh has the pick. Yes. Uh, I, I was a little late, and that's uh, – deal with it. No. Um, but one thing that was absolutely clear to me was my choice for pick of the week, which was Ex Machina number 40. Sometimes you read a bunch of books and you go, well, this one was pretty good for this, and this one was pretty good for this. And I had read most of my books, and most of them were okay, but there wasn't a standout book. Um, and, and I, I got to Ex Machina, and literally by three pages in, I was like, this is going to be it. There's, there's sort of no way it's not. Um, did you guys read this? I, I don't know. Y- y- yes. Yeah, well, I figured you do. And, and then, Connor, you do read it in trades? Yeah, I went to trades uh, months ago. Yeah, early in the year. I can't keep track of everything. Um, <laughs> you, need, you need a big scorecard, like in like on your wall, like every title in trades issues, oh, hard, I hard covers. This in June. I, d- I didn't know. <laughs> um, basically, what you have here was, and and, and I want to be clear. I thought this was going to be terrible, even, <laughs> even though I I love Brian K. Vaughn. Um, basically, on the cover, you see Brian Vaughn sitting next to. Um, Tony Harris, uh, the writer and artist, respectively, and I thought, what is this about? And it didn't quite occur to me. I looked at the cover, and I thought, that looked kind of like Brian Vaughn, but it didn't quite register. And then that first page, I was like, wait a minute, that's Tony Harris. That's not Kremlin. <laughs> and so then I thought, oh, no, what sort of self-indulgent hellish ride am I in for here? And 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 I was pleasantly surprised because it was just a lot of fun, um, but also, basically, he is a story of... Brian Vaughn and Tony Harris pitching themselves to write and draw the comic book of Mare Hundred in the world of Mare Hundred. Um, Trippy. Yeah, no, it it really is. And it's just like a one-and-done sort of, it's a little story that happens in between everything. And this comic is so meta... Yeah. That there's one scene where um, where Tony Tony is drawing and Brian says, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm drawing. I thought we'd you know we put this into the book." And Brian K. Vaughn goes, ah, "I'm not really into that Grant Morrison self-referential thing." Right. So it's meta within meta within meta. It, well, that, that made my and, brain hurt. And within like like in that context, the fact that they were making jokes about it, and I was really not expecting to dig it because it's such an easy joke to tell tell stuff about. Uh, you know, like like do inside the industry stuff and make jokes about, hey, you look like Brian Bendis. 
and yep. not overdo it and, and instead of making us feel like we're part of it to just sort of feel like you're, you're just sort of doing cheap jokes for the sake of it. But where it really turned the corner for me was, one, the characterizations of Vaughn and Harris, while probably <laughs> slightly exaggerated, were 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 really interesting i mean we've we've met brian vaughn you've seen the conversations that we've had with him on on interviews like he's a he's a genuinely really nice guy and and this he he is that but he's also vaguely uh neurotic you know and and it's captured really well in there both in the writing and in the in the way he's drawn Oh, and same thing with Tony. I mean, to- exactly. Tony. I mean, he, he. I assume Brian wrote the dialogue, but he nailed Tony. Like I could hear Tony saying some of these lines, and mm-hmm. then and we we talk about how great Tony Harris is and and his art, but like this this one blew, reminded me of how great he is. Exactly, and and I yeah. don't want to act like the art has been lacking or anything like that, but like for whatever reason, the 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 pencils and inks on this were alive. I mean, like. It mm-hmm. didn't like he does photo referencing. Everybody knows that he takes photos of a guy who looks like Mitchell Hundred. I mean, that's because that's the model for him, and he puts them in here. But and sometimes it, it looks like a photo; you can kind of see it. But in this one, like, I just felt like everything was was animated, and it wasn't terribly stiff, and like, it just looked like these people. And one of the other things that I noted in my review was that, you know, every time you saw um, Brian Vaughn, like the camera was looking down on him, and every time you looked at Hundred, the camera was looking up at him, and so it was just he, the writer was sort of always in this position of being. You know, a lesser status. Um, it's just a little artistic thing that, that got done that was really interesting. I just, you know, and and it's funny that you talk about Tony Harris because, like, instantly, I I've never met him. I I don't know him. Um, you know, I've just seen him on the video interview that we've done. Um, because I wasn't there that night. And, and like, he's just like inst- like he's instantly charming in this. Like, what yep. they captured the the part of his personality that was really interesting. Um, I just I just had a ton of fun reading this, and and I sort of looked back over some of my other pick of the weeks over the year and everything, and this might be one of my favorite books of the year. For a single issue, it was because the thing was is that what was great about it was so the the like you said the premise was that you know here they are pitching to do the comic book to Mayor Hundred, but really where where it tur- turns the corner is the conversation between Brian K. Vaughn and and Mitchell Hundred, yes. and where Brian you know kind of tells you know what he thinks of New York and it becomes almost like a love letter to New York and and Brian K. Vaughn talks about what he did on 9/11 and what happened on 9/11 and and it ties very uh, surprisingly into his personal life mm-hmm. um as far as you know moving to you know the decision to move to LA to be with his girlfriend and things like that um you know it, it was just it 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 started off really kind of hokey and kind of like oh this is going to be bad and then got really really meaty and good and then just ended with a fantastic joke yeah. That, that I mean, if as a single issue, this could be like one of the best issues of the year. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, um, absolutely. Yeah. And and well, the funny thing is that when he's telling his story about nine eleven, like he he minimizes it the way that some people do. Like, well, listen, everybody's got their nine eleven story. But when he tells it, and then you you think back to what your whatever your story is, you know, whether you yep. were in New York or wherever, you know, it was a time that meant something. So it makes you think that and. And that feeling that that he evoked there is the exact same feeling that made me, you know, pick the first issue as pick of the week, you know, years yep. ago. And it, and it wasn't even his. I mean, because his story, the, the page he tells the story is just it's a close up on his face, mm-hmm. and it's this and the same expression that doesn't move, but it just the camera slowly, you know, zooms in on him, mm-hmm. and then you turn the page, and it's a page of reminiscing after nine eleven and him sitting on his rooftop in Brooklyn, and that's the page that got me. Yeah. Like that was the page where like that was the punch in the gut, like like the first issue of, the, of Ex Machina was when we saw the one tower and stuff like that. It was just, but it wasn't a it wasn't a um, a reactionary punch in the gut. It was an evocative punch in the gut. Yep, yep. So uh, yeah, I just I I literally don't have enough nice things to say about it because you know for all intents and purposes this shouldn't have worked. I would have said this was a bad idea. 
Um, but it, I, w- I was just so impressed. And, it, it, you know, like the last thing I wrote is like, man, do I miss Brian K. Vaughn writing comic books. You know, like yeah. this is the same feeling from reading Why the Last Man all the time and the same feeling from reading The Escapists. And, and um, I just like he needs to do more comics again, but I guess he'd have to get fired for that to happen. And I, I don't want that. So would you say people could pick this up and read this without having read Ex Machina? Is this something you could? Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. The only the only thing that that I would say about that is that Hundred himself is a really interesting character, and and having him play against, having that fictional character play against these uh, real characters really showed me how much of a personality and a, a characterization that he'd been given. Um, so that made you sort of appreciate it. I think that if you're on trades like you are and you wanted to just read this issue, it's not going to ruin anything for you. I think you could pretty much pick it up. I think. And how does this? How does this end? Um, uh, do, we, do we give? Do we give away the gag? I it's really good. I don't want to. Uh, okay. It's not even talked about on the web, on the website. Okay, so. well, yeah, well, it already has. Okay. Yeah. Basically, so, they don't get they don't get the job. Yeah. And so you 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 turn the second to last page and you see like this finely rendered shot of of Mitchell Hundred putting his gloves and his hat on and I was like this is really detailed and you turn the page and and it's you know the, a big Jim Lee pinup of him flying up out of the you know uh, past the Chrysler building Garth Ennis writer Jim Lee pencils you know <laughs> and and it's like it, you know and it, and it, it is them I actually I checked with DC I li- I wrote to them I was like I want to make sure this is really them and he said yeah they got credited and I remember reading going that's just the best Jim Lee pencils I've seen in a long time <laughs> that's my favorite Jim Lee yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you can pick it up. Into, I mean, all you do need to know that you know, you generally knowing the pre- premise that the mayor of New York has some sort of power, but you don't even. I mean, you get that when he when he uses it early on, early on, and Brian Cavon kind of reacts to it. Um, but it, I don't know. It was just it, it was just one of those special. Like it was a nice single one shot end of the year kind of issue. Yep. You know that that I did totally didn't expect, did not expect at all. No, not at all. And that's yeah. I think what was really nice about it. By the way, I'm going to say this now. Possible Eisner. Yeah, best yeah. Is, best cop, best issue of the year. The JLA number eleven last year. This one's got yeah. a shot. Yeah, I hear that. Anywho, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. It was really good. And Tony Harris is so so good. So, so he good. really brought it. Even the cover. Yeah. I mean, the cover yeah. was stunning. Really good yeah. stuff. Yep. Anyway, we've gushed. Gush. That's, that's enough. Gush. <laughs> uh, Connor, what's going on with Robin? Well, you uh, read this too, right? I mean, I, I did. So. I did. I did. We've got this transitional oh, right. period okay. now. It just came back to me. Yes. Um, Batman went gone, missing, dead, whatever he went doing last month, and now... You mean, you mean the final crisis? Right, no, into the R.I.P. ended, and now we're into the post-R.I.P. period, where uh, in the last issue of Robin, he fought... Um, he, he, we found that Anarchy was behind the whole Red Robin scenario, and, and there was a big explosion, and Robin was in, caught in the explosion, and here we see he's got some horrific burns on his head. That was a hell of a reveal. Yeah. And, like, like I'm looking at them thinking, this is not going to be gone soon. Like, the back half of his head looks like Two-Face. Like, he's got no hair. Yeah. He He's basically half his head is is, is pussy pink flat, like, you know, burned Ew. flesh. It's like a big deal. Yeah. Um, and he's now, as a result, he's a little angry. Yeah, he's and a little, little little darker. So, in the, basically, the reveal in this issue is after the after the burn reveal at the end, he has to go back out on the street, much much to Alfred's objections, and he can't wear his regular suit because his head is this exposed mass of, you know, this that kind of flesh is very infection prone. Mm-hmm. So he puts on the full cowl of the Red Robin suit. And now we have the transition in from Robin to Red Robin. Yeah, because the Red Robin suit has the full head head the headgear on. 
with his old regular uniform, so without the like bandolier straps. Right. It's a sort of a combination of the two uniforms together. It's it's his old change- suit plus the plus the new the new head head. Is head he changing his name to Red Robin or? I don't. That would be dumb. Uh, but I don't know. I would think. I you know I, I think I really was impressed by sort of the bold, action of of doing that. Absolutely. On the one hand, on the one hand, like so, I, I always respect that. Like, make big moves, and it wasn't like a character will die. It was just an actual possibility of the the kind of things that he does, and those are the consequences. Um, on the other hand, like I'm just like God, let Tim have a break for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, there's there is there a guy who's been through more shit than Tim? Tim? No, I can't. I, can't, I mean, Matt Murdock. Maybe, but Matt Murdock brings it on himself. The only I, I've really enjoyed Fabian Nicias's mm-hmm. work. He's done. He's he's got a really good handle on this stuff, and he's doing a really good job making this whole thing believable. And that the the weight of all of this is coming down on Tim's shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's not even coming down on Dick's shoulders. It's coming down on Tim's. Yeah. The whole the whole idea of protecting Gotham. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure when this whole thing gets reshuffled, Dick will be there too. But for right now, they're doing a good job of of, of showing this one this kid who's basically got the the weight of a city on his shoulders. The only thing I haven't I haven't liked about it is. Is when they brought spoiler back for like one issue that he was it was very happy and you know it's your your girlfriend is now alive again and then immediately it went into he's all mad at her for no good, no apparent reason. Well, and he's been mad at her ever since and it's just been a weird sort mm-hmm. of it's felt very artificial. Whereas most things in this book have felt like they've been organic. Well, that felt sort of like well we need to, we need to have them conf- conflict so we're gonna make them mad at her. Didn't uh, Chuck Dixon bring back Stephanie? That's what I mean. Spoiler. And so then, and then, so so, so then, Fabian Nicieza had, you know, he sort of had to deal with that. So maybe I, I don't necessarily mean him in general. I just mean in the, in, the, in terms of the book. The only sure. thing I haven't really liked is that that felt very forced. Like well, they needed to I mean, make that's, up. That's conflict. the thing he was given, is what I'm saying. Like he probably right. he had a story he wanted to do, but he still got to deal with that. So that's probably you know that ex- that would explain to me why it feels awkward. Well, I think it's been awkward for anyway. I, that's the only thing I don't I, mm-hmm. I dislike about the book. This one small thing, but otherwise, I think this whole. Post RIP storyline with Robin has been fantastic. Oh. I liked, I like his, yeah. I like the use of the cops and Gordon and all. Yeah, you know, they've got definitely. these bad cops who got acquitted. And now they're back on the force, and that leads all this distrust amongst the cops. And also, it's been uh, really Freddie Williams uh, the second. Uh, he's really, getting better. Yes, he is. That's what I was going to say. This is really impressive. Like you can see uh, pro- progress taking place in his in his work, and it, it's neat. There's some really neat pages in here. Is this the uh, last I, Robin? Well, it's supposed to be concluded, so I, I, next it ends in February. So okay, the storyline will will conclude next in January, and then I, maybe there'll be a one final issue, and then it'll be Red Robin number one. Right, right, right. Which means the burns don't heal. That's gross. That's yeah. just gross. That pa- I turned that page and I went, oh, oh, I yeah. see. Mm. He's 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 two faced from the back. Yeah, basically. Ugh, grizzly. Um, I wanted to bring up Hellblazer 250. This was a special issue, and I, it's funny because I looked and I saw it was 3.99, and I was like, "Mother, come on!" But then I realized that it was an extra size issue, and there was um, stories by Brian Azzarello, Jamie Delano, Dave Gibbons, China Me. I don't know that name, and I've never seen it before. And then Pete Milligan, who's apparently going to be taking over. I don't know what happened to Simon Oliver. Anyway, um, I wasn't happy about. He got a, he got a TV deal. All right, good for him. <laughs> You um, know what? It's before you start, Ron and I were convinced this was a this was the pick of the oh, week. Oh yeah, yeah. The Wednesday handicapping on the pick of the week was the, was Hellblazer two fifty. Yeah, I'm not that easy. Um, <laughs> you know, well, the thing about this was it was one, two, three, four, five short stories written by people. Most of them, I think, had done um, John Constantine before, and some of them were really good. And sometimes the art was really good, and some of them I didn't like as much. And that's why, basically, wasn't there, there was, art by Dave Gibbons and Sean Phillips? Uh, Dave Gibbons wrote it. Sean Phillips drew it. That was a 
pretty good story. It was not amazing. Um, I, I liked it. Uh, after that, let's see. The Jamie Delano story, I think, was my favorite, which is interesting because I don't really like his issues of Hellblazer that much. Um, but it's it's David Lloyd art, and I, I like. I literally, I was on the train and I was reading this book, and like I flipped the page and I was like, oh. Like that's what Dave Lloyd art looked like to me. I was like, I don't know what it is about it because it doesn't look like it's especially stunning. But there's just something about it that, that it's so skilled in the way that he colors it and everything. Um, and it's it's just this really great little short story about these guys um, at like a, a a poker place, and and they're all you know thugs and criminals around the table, and one of the toughest meanest guys throws the game. Uh, to let some other guy win on Christmas, you know, with the full knowledge that if he doesn't win the money, he's going to get the shit beat out of him by whatever other gangster. Um, it was just, it was really, really well done. Uh, very, very cool. The Brian Azzarello story um, was a poem about hiring John Constantine to exercise a demon causing the Chicago Cubs to lose. And I really didn't like that. In fact, that was <laughs> a very big reason why. And it was just, I guess that what was do, fun for what, Chicago what do you, people. Why do you got to hate the baseball? No, but it just didn't fit at all. It was American baseball, and, like, I just didn't care. Uh, you Baseball's know, was, universal. Yeah, it must have been. Not American. Uh, Eddie Campbell did one of the, the art on one of the stories. Um, it's great is that, for whatever reason, John Constantine, everybody gets his face, like, I don't know if there's a model or something, but people get him right. It's very rarely that you're going to read a story about him by different artists, and, and like, you're going to, oh, this doesn't look like John. Like, the, even, like, people as, as far you know, different from Eddie Campbell, from Sean Phillips. Like, it just, it looks like John. It's instantly recognizable. It's really cool. Overall, uh, this is a lot of fun. Definitely worth the four bucks. Um, if you've been thinking about Hellblazer, this might be a good, a good way to, you know, read some different stories some different takes on him. Um, uh, Sean Phillips is a genius. That's the last thing I have to say. And, and which one is the Milligan story? Uh, Pete Milligan uh, with Eddie Campbell. <clears throat> uh, it was like a little one, two, three, four, I think it was a five, six, seven pager. Which I didn't think was very good at all. Well, then you're in trouble, aren't you? I am. I am very much so. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that short story. It was okay. It wasn't great. It's gonna be a dark time for Josh. The DC Universe Holiday Special number one. It's time for the holiday specials. Jo- Ron, did you buy this? I know you like the holiday. No, I didn't. Special. I didn't buy. The, I didn't buy the DC Holiday Special. I'm sorry. Well, that's it was too a bad. Gorgeous cover. Great cover by Frank Whiteley. Oh my god. Um, interior art by Kevin McGuire and and I, Ivan Reese and Dustin Gwynn. Oh wow! So it was and, good. Yeah, it was really good. It was that. Just, these things are off and on. They're either fantastic or they're not very good at all. But I was going like to say his, historically, the DC one's been pretty bad. No, no. Last year's was bad. The years before was fantastic. It always depends yeah. on who they have working on it. And the thing about the holiday specials is they're always just super goofy, wacky fun, and you have to go, you know go with it. They, you know, there's a story. Uh, one of the Ivan Reese story. Oh, also, there's two Carl Kershaw pinups in it too. Oh, I gotta go back and get it. Um, the story. The one story is, is the baby comes from Krypton, lands on Earth, and becomes Santa Claus instead of Superman. Like goofy stuff like that. And one yeah. is um, is Aquaman being one of the three kings, three the three wise men. Huh. In the nativity story, he he saves a couple from being hijacked by pirates, and it Ooh. turns out that she's a she's carrying an immaculate child. And Wh- which one is Mark Wahlberg or George George Clooney or <laughs> or the and other one? And there's one. There's a really nice story from Joe Kelly about how um, one night in Gotham with no crime because uh, uh, Oracle reroutes nine nine one one calls to her office and has Supergirl fight all the crimes so that the cops get a break. They they, they think everybody's being nice on Christmas. <laughs> um, just really, really nice, sweet stories. And there's um, it caps off with a funny uh, Justice League story that McGuire r- drew and Alan Burnett r- wrote, which is about the Justice League holiday party. 
up on this up on the satellite and um nobody has any fun because nobody knows how to relax and and the shaggy man gets brought up and it's just all it's all awkward because it's always like, awkward with the shaggy just man. just have fun they're like what do you mean like it's just sort of like these all these sort of uptight superheroes not being able to relax yeah. and then then uh, the force of nature gets dropped in the middle of them it's just a it was a nice heartwarming issue like i love these holiday specials i love these cool ones. well conversely the on the across the street the marvel holiday special was digital only um and i read it last Ooh. night i know i read it last night and despite it being digital only it was really good and i get and i gotta give hats off and not only because we talked to him recently on, on a toxic talks fluid but jim mccann wrote a, an excellent x-men holiday story like excellent like one of the best ones i've read in a while um why was so, it ho- why was it digital only i to get people to read the, their digital thing, I don't know. Save money on printing. It it's the future. Money on them in the last years, you know. Yeah, who knows? Um, I don't know. But but uh, I got I got my expense story. That it, it did. It was a uh, heavily focused on the lack of Kitty being there around the holidays. But it also you know really played up to the whole family angle. The X Men. It was really really good. So yeah. So and it's free. So you, you know you paid two nine what three two. What did you pay for that DC one? Six bucks. Six bucks really? I don't know. Yeah, it was like big. That. It's like three three sizes big. It's wow, jeez. Yeah. So yeah. So if you want free, go to marvel.com and find the holiday special for free. Yeah. Um, so uh, Amazing Spider-Man number five eighty one. Um, this is uh, the the launch of a new arc with um, Dan Slott writing and uh, Mike McCone pencils. And I just really like Mike McCone's Spider-Man. That was the, the the one thing that really jumped out at me. I really like. You know, it's a different than a Marcus Mart- Martin. You know, like it's got it's a more of a more modern look. But I just really like McCone. I've always liked McCone's art since he was on Exiles like years ago. Uh, but what's also interesting is that I'm pretty sure Andy Lanning inked him. Inked yes, it? he did. He's a hell yeah, of an so. inker. Yeah, not only, yeah, not only he's a great writer, but he's a hell of an inker. He's Phil Jimenez's inker. I mean, that, guy, yeah. that guy's got line. Yeah, but, what, but what's interesting is that this story straight up, uh, you know, straight up tells Peter confronts Harry Osborne as going, okay, you were dead. You know the big, you know when Harry was came back in in right. brand new day, in brand new day, and everyone's like, "Wait, he's dead!" And Harry explains it all, and so anybody, you know, the real Spider-Man purists, here's your explanation as to how he survived and how he's around now. So, um, I thought, you know, it's kind of interesting in that they're slowly cleaning up the mess that Brand New Day started, you know, or One More Day started, um, and not not cleaning it up, but justifying it or explaining right, it. Right, they they were going to yeah. always explain it. Yeah. So. I think slot I can I can take or leave. Like sometimes I really like yeah. his, his stuff. This was this was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not in love with every arc he writes, but most of them are. They're never bad. They're always pretty good to great. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, so yep. I really enjoyed Spider-Man Noir number one. Okay, I had a, I had a thought. I had a thought about Spider-Man Noir um, while I was reading it, and I guess we can go back to my pick with X-Men Noir. Why aren't any of these Noir books in black and white? Yeah, I, I thought they were going to be in black and white. They really should be yeah. in black and white. Yeah. People I mean, don't the, like to the, buy black and white books. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and the thing was is that the X-Men book was, was a little darker and muted in tone and color tone. Like, it, it, it could almost, you know, it wasn't truly black and white, but it was a lot more shadowy. But this one wasn't at all. This one was bright. Yeah, I, well, this guy, who is this guy? He draws just like Tim Sale. Who is this guy? Tim Art. Bale. Fabrice Sablo- Sa- Sapolowski. Seba, Seba, uh, not going to draw yeah. here anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought David Hines' story was much sharp, uh, tighter than the X Men story. I thought it did a yeah. better job of setting up the world and setting up the plot of the story. Yeah, and really, I that. really making us feel the the whole the whole unit the whole I don't know if the universe but the whole world inside this book. It's not connected to the other book. I don't. Right. I'm assuming. I'm assuming these are all separate. I believe. I believe you're correct. 
Um, these are just separate, like, sort of Elseworlds tales. But I thought this was a really strong first issue. It gives you a good sense of the characters, who they are, the relationships. There's, there was a lot of questions coming out of X-Men. And yeah. I felt like X-Men was more about matching up the characters to the real-world characters. Like, ooh, here's this guy, and here's this guy. Whereas this one, set, this, is, this one was more of a setting up a story. Yeah. But really fun, really good. Oh, I just would have liked it to have been black and white. Yeah. Was, you know, like, the moment I thought of it, I was like, ah! Like, that's all, that was all I could think of. <laughs> And also, what they didn't think they'd sell as many if they did that. Yeah, yeah no, that's why. That's why. Yeah. It really, sh- you're right. That really should be black and white. And also, we get a nice glimpse of our future with the big shanty town in Central Park, where we're all going to live at some point. Oh, and how, when the Chinese take over? Yeah. <laughs> well, when the economy crashes and f- further, and we'll be. <laughs> I, I like this. I, li- I like this one on page three. I'm going to live in that that sh- that, <laughs> that shanty town. As long yeah. as I can plug in my TV, I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> it's going to be like that? Oakland, Oakland in the '40s. <laughs> Oh what God! You with your local or, history that we don't or Cle- no, or Cleveland in the th- in the twenties or thirties, and wasn't there a shanty town in Torso? The torso, the torso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it I, burned, I, I, it, it burned that, to the ground. Right, and that that wasn't even like a local thing. That was from in on the road. Kerouac ex, uh, ex, uh, described the shanty towns across the bay. I read so books. Blah blah blah. I'm so smart. Jeez. Anyway, so I'm so smart. I've been watching Devil May Cry, the anime series, um, and you can get the complete first, second, and third volumes available now on DVD from Funimation. Um, Focuses on the character of Dante, uh, to whom it is more than just a game. He's, uh, he's cursed by his half-monstrous, half-human nature, and he must spend his life fighting the forces of darkness. Demons, big ones, sly ones, crafty ones, sexy ones. Um, <laughs> everybody knows that demons come in, in different shapes and sizes, and everybody's got to send them, and, some, and somebody's got to send them all back to hell. So Dante, Dante's happy to do it, especially if there's money involved. So um, if you go to Funimation.com forward slash Devil May Cry... Uh, you can check out, there's a bunch of scene clips and trailers there where you can watch it. Um, and if you really want to pick it up, you can pick up Devil May Cry, available now on DVD from Funimation. That's Funimation.com forward slash Devil May Cry. I think somebody cool. just got some uh, voiceover work at Funimation. That's what I think just happened. <laughs> Sexy feel vaguely demons. dirty now, yeah, vaguely yeah. dirty. Not fully <laughs> dirty, but vaguely. Uh-huh. Vaguely dirty. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, you know what I loved randomly? Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, the, the two or three pages of flashback artwork that Lee Weeks did in Mighty Avengers number 20. That's because it was very good. It was yes. so good. It, it was, so Mighty Avengers number 20 is kind of like the uh, Secret Invasion epilogue wrap-up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with uh, Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne uh, the day they found Captain America in the ice and uh, their reaction to it. And Lee Weeks drew the hell out of it and made it look really made it look retro made it look kind of old but also really good uh, it, was just, it was great these first these first four pages were just awesome yeah so. and, well uh, Jim Jim Chung didn't exactly slack off exactly oh no no yeah no I don't think Jim Chung slacked off either but it was those first four pages that made me go whoa you know yeah, yeah. No, this issue was this issue was really 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 good it, it was it very was very good, good. and, and it, you know what it provided was a uh, much needed uh, Pim characterization because he's a guy who has been hard to pin down I think people seem to do different things with him um, so I really liked it for that. Um, also, there was uh, a great Clint scene. Let's just not forget. Yes, there was. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah. So what? So we, you had you had double art duty between Lee Weeks and then Jim Chung, and basically it, it focuses around Janet's funeral. And also, then also a third guy. There's a third penciler. Oh, was the there a third ending. Pencil- the ending was Carlo Paglia. I, why do I get these names? Paglia. <laughs> yeah, there was three guys. The, the guy at the end is different. Yeah, so um, so it focuses on Hank Pym, who has now been freed from us being a scroll captive, and he's dealing with Janet's funeral arrangements. And then he asks Ms. Marvel to fill him in on what's happened while he's gone. And we get you know f- full page splash pages from Jim Chung summing up the Marvel universe in the past couple of years um, between House of M and then Civil War and Captain America dying and World War Hulk would make me laugh. It's a clusterfuck. 
Yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, culminating in what what just happened in Secret Invasion, and Pym loses it, and then Thor comes down and and helps him out, and so yeah, so yeah, it was good. It was, I mean, it was a good issue. Yeah, um, it it definitely was. It was uh, you know, so lest you think we bag on this stuff all the time, this was really this was very nice. This is, the, this is again, this is one of those things that that Bendis does really well. It's just like the confession that he did after Civil War. That was like yep. the best issue out of that whole thing. An ominous ending. Yes. 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 And Thor having something to do with everything. Yeah, how about that, that? Nice. Thor? It was nice. I love yeah. the Thor new costume, by the way. I think it's a great design. It is a good costume. Yeah, it's a good design. Um, the book that came closest was probably The Walking Dead, number 56. Ah, la 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 did you hear that? That's people clicking unsubscribe. Sorry. Um, uh, basically, uh, what have you guys read? Where are you? Um, I'm. I, fin- I just finished the hardcover, which I think goes up to issue forty-eight. Forty-eight. So he's a year behind almost. Yeah. Okay. So, but Connor, you're. I don't know. The bad know stuff. The, has the really bad thing happened? <laughs> <laughs> More specific. It's really hard to. Is it, when the, is it when the the guy, the eye patch guy, when they attacked at the tank? Is that what you're talking about? Well, that that happened. Okay, I saw. The that's where I came down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and the wife, the wife got killed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. basically, after that, you know, Rick and uh, Carl are, are out on their own, and and uh, this is no surprise. They meet up with another group of people. So basically, <laughs> um, there's a there's a new character to, to that gets pitted against Rick. Basically, I thought that this was really a good issue. There was other characterization stuff that that was good, but uh, basically, they're these rivals. They're both, you know, they're both the alpha dogs in this thing. And there is a really interesting sort of, not even a reveal, but there's just like a thing that they sort of tell you about the other guy. I can't remember his name. Um, at the end, that that's that was really great, and it's just it's just more good. And and you got to give it to uh, Kirkman, like he's been putting these these Invincible and Walking Dead issues out. You know, it feels like more than once a month at this point. Like, I feel like I'm always reading them. And, um, you know, Adlard, good as always. I think actually getting better, getting a little clearer, um, able to discern between the different characters a lot better these days. Cool. Um, great, great book. That's all. Against all odds, Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 20. Was it 20? 20. was written yeah. by Jeff Loeb. I know. I and bought it not not realizing. I loved it. I yeah, thought it was, it was really good. It was against really good. all odds. I know a lot of people on iFanway.com saw Loeb's name and said, "I'm not buying this," even though they're big Buffy fans. But those people made a huge mistake. Yeah, it was uh, really good. The whole conceit of this issue was that it, previously in in the real world, Jeff Loeb and Joss Whedon were developing a Buffy cartoon. I remember hearing about that way, way, way back, and it just it never got off the ground. It never was made. But so in this issue, Buffy has a dream, and in that dream, they go into the into the Buffy cartoon world, which is basically a flashback to the high school time. So we get. Angel, we get we get Cordelia the bitch, we get her all of, we get we get her mom. We basically get the first couple of seasons of the show, but now in the comic, in a, and it's drawn in the cartoon style, drawn by the guy who did the character designs for the cartoon show. So this is really just no, no, what, no, 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 no. Wasn't it drawn? It was it was drawn by George George Agenti. No, no, he did. George Agenti did the. You sure about that? Animate? No, animation. Eric Wright. He drew the. Oh, okay. Animation. Oh, those guys. Okay. I thought because I, I was gonna be like, wow, Janty was able to mimic that animation. Oh, no, no. Really George well. Janty did the. He did the. He did the wraparound story. He did the wrapper. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Janty does really realistic art, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. 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 That's why I was gonna say, whoa. Yeah. Okay. So it was just really fun. It was nice to see all this, all the old characters and Giles and all the people that aren't really in the book anymore. Their relationships aren't in the book anymore. 
Interesting how they got to use Angel, even though Angel's comic book rights are held by IDW. But anyway, it was just really, really strong. It was a really nice look back to the to the Golden Age Buffy when it was when when I really, really, really loved it and um, really fun. Yeah, it was good. It, uh, yeah, no, it was it was good despite uh, Loeb. So it probably wasn't really him. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. It says executive, executive producer Josh Whedon. He is that. capable of actually writing good things occasionally. We That's all true. have Loeb stories we like. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, all right, so Madman number 12, um, uh, the, the story, it, ma- ma- two reasons why I want to talk about Madman number 12. Because number one, the story's starting to make sense. <laughs> the, the days of reading it and just going, hey, I don't know what that was, are, are kind of over. It's, it's, so basically what you've got is um, uh, Madman's girlfriend, Joe has, has a new body, and her soul has been put into that body. And this is all happening. They did it away from Madman, so he doesn't know what's happening because they didn't want to um, get him upset if it didn't work. And so he's trying to get to where she is. And what's really interesting is that again, Allred experimenting with the um, with the with the layouts. What you have is for the first half of the book, the top half of what's happening to Madman, and the bottom half what's happening to Joe and the 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 lab and all that kind of stuff. And it's just separated by a big thick strip that says "Meanwhile," and that goes on for like the whole first half of the book. So you've got kind of this parallel story happening at the same time, um, which is just again just you know playing with the playing with the medium, playing with with the layout of the of the comic book. Um, it does. It moves away from that layout, from that meanwhile thing when he when the stories finally converge. Which I was kind of you know I was like, well, if you're gonna do it, make it go through the whole issue. But um, but the story moved forward, and there was a great fight scene, and it's just you know continuing. This is this this 12 issue on time run by Allred is is shaping out to be really really great. So yeah. isn't it isn't it terrible that we have to specify that things have come out on time? Yes, it's like that Chris Rock routine. Anyway, yeah, it's sad. They're supposed to come out on time. Come on now. <laughs> so Madman continues to be good from Image. So check uh, it out. If you are a user of iFanboy, you will probably know that you can write a review on any of the comics that you read, and you can rate them. Uh, you can do that when you pick your comics. Go to iFanboy.com slash comics, and we want to go over a couple of the uh, standouts, I suppose. Well, these, these are all, these are all, this is a love week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought you know, we got to mention as many things as we can. Um, Neb talked about Supergirl number 36, which is part something of the new Krypton storyline giving uh, a 5 out of 5 for both story and art. This was the uh, less than 1%, uh, 4 tenths of a percent of the of the iFanboy uh, uh, populace picked this as their pick of the week, but that doesn't mean, you know, whatever. Uh, as one would assume, this issue picks up the plot threads left from the previous issue, but turns the focus more on Kara. For me, Gates did a masterful job writing the issue. Even though I've only known her father and really her since the impl- implementation of New Krypton, I was still amazed at how much his death affected me. The pages leading up to his pathing- passing are both heroic and sad, and even though his final death words are cliched, I still felt a sense of, a sense of loss for Kara. The pages are well-paced, but it's really the art and coloring of those panels that add punch to it. It's not good to be a father in Superman world right now. No. No. You don't really make it. I really like this. This was very, very good. It was pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm almost not. A, I'm, I'm cool with the fact that I have to buy them as long as they're good. Yeah, I think this is really strong. Creative team: Sterling, Sterling Gates, and Jamal Eigel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think Eigel's art's getting better and better, yeah, and I've always, absolutely. always been a fan of it. And this, this, the art in this issue was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, this, I think they're setting up a really interesting scenario for the Superman books for the next year. This is yeah, a really. I, I, I didn't pick it up because I'm not, as you guys know, I'm not a Superman fan. But in my store and all those where I read online, I've heard nothing but great things about Eigel's pencils on the on the book. Like it's, you know, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to hear to get a title and actually have some, you know, sounds like they got some substantive stuff to do with um, with it. So that's you know, because yeah. I know Supergirl's been a malign title over the past couple of years. So. And a fantastic cover by Chris Sprouse. Cool. Chris yeah. Sprouse is always good. 
All right. Um, our next review comes from Ripper Six, who reviewed Thor: God Size Number One. Um, he gave the story a five out of five, and the art a five out of five. Another love fest. Um, and of the, all the iFan base, eleven point four percent chose it as their pick of the week. And Ripper Six says, "I don't think I can properly ex- express how enjoyable these Thor one shots have been in the middle of all the secret invasion madness." These wonderful stories really help to bridge the new era of a solemn god of thunder and Asgard and Asgard on Earth, with the good old days of Shakespearean speech and battles with frost giants. The storytelling of Matt Fraction is one of the best ever, and the artwork is beautiful as it has been with all these Thor one shots. So, Josh, as the resident Thor fan, are you? Did you did you pick it up? No, I haven't. Really? I'm not reading it because because I'm not a Thor fan, but I've heard nothing but good things yeah, about these one shots. I think Dan Breton yeah. uh, is the art on these. Um, people are really into them. I I think I read like the first one. It's funny because I actually really like the idea of Thor interacting with the Marvel Universe. I like that contrast. So these going back to don't interest me as much. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it's a book that, that that we haven't talked about a lot. But it's definitely people are, are I mean, people were all over that. They were digging it. Yeah. I bought the uh, Thor, uh, the Alan Davis one, which mm-hmm. was very good. It was, uh, yeah, I bought that too because of Alan Davis. Yeah, that was good. But I, you know, it's funny. I wouldn't have thought of Matt Fraction as being the guy to, to do these sort of old style Thor stories. But people were very happy with it. So yeah. <laughs> the way you said that, like, <laughs> I guess they're happy with it. <laughs> they're probably good. I don't. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Yes. Um, if you wanted to pick up, there's probably going to be an eventual trade of all these stories put together, and you could do that at InStockTrades.com. Uh, they have you can save up to 37% off your your order. Free shipping on any order over $50. There's over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order. Um, there are new releases listed. Every single Wednesday, and orders usually ship within 48 hours. Get over to InStockTrades.com and see what they have. Please support them. They're great. It's time for email, and the first email is from John B. from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it's very cold, and I still don't have a senator yet. I'm a relatively recent member of your iFan base, and I've been taking, I have taken you up on a few of your recommendations from past shows. Example, Invincible, Preacher, Walking Dead, Bone, Batman, Long Halloween, Old Man Logan, the current Wolverine storyline. And I've greatly enjoyed them all, thank you. I'm blessed with a beautiful fiancé who has recently given comics a chance, and she found she enjoys reading and discussing them. However, she is very prudish and easily offended by a book if it has any sort of nudity, even suggested nudity, <laughs> or any suggestive themes. We're, we've tried finding comics that are, that are good while at the same time within a certain content of boundary, and it's been de- very difficult to find many of them. We found we both like Batman, No Man's Land, Bone, Fire Breather, Four Eyes, Long Halloween, Ultimate Spider-Man, Wolverine Origins, Fallen Sun, Death of Captain America. Outside of those, there are not many she allows herself to enjoy due to even the smallest amount of suggested material. Do any of you know if any books or any short runs within the series that are really good while staying free of anything remotely risque that I can introduce her to? We're the wrong Thank- people to ask. <laughs> Thank you. You know, um, he's married to Angela. Apparently, from the office. <laughs> what I find what I find really interesting is that um, she has a problem with nudity, but no problem with violence. I think that's, it was interesting. That's the that, American way, damn it! It was interesting <laughs> that he used the word prudish, and I'm wondering yeah. if he's regretting that now. Because <laughs> <laughs> my advice would be: you know, find yourself a, d- a dirty oh. girl. Because <laughs> oh. oh. oh, they're out there, man. They're out there. <laughs> Oh, well, what's funny is that they, one, of the, one of the first things I thought of was Invincible, which he said he's bought. Is does that have any? Is that? That's. I mean, he, he has sex with his girlfriend in that. Yeah, that didn't suggested. happen until very recently, though. Yeah, yeah but still. Before that, there wasn't. All right, nothing. Anything with no suggestive nudity. This is really not, not even a suggestion of nudity. Which you can't even think said. about it or imply it. Oh, uh, uh, nothing. Uh, Bendis wrote. <laughs> powers. Powers. <laughs> 
<laughs> alias. Alias issue two. <laughs> that was issue one, dude. Was it? God, it was the it. first. It was the first issue. It was great. Um, um man, it's really hard, isn't it? That's what she said. Um, <laughs> Owlie. <laughs> Owlie, yes, Owlie, yeah. American-born Chinese. Yes. I mean, like, I'm I'm literally at the point where I'm thinking of like, you know, just new, sort of all new, new frontier. Yeah. New frontier. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is it? It's hard to say. Box office poison. No. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. That 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 book has more cocks per square inch than than anything I own. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, like th- at this point, like, it's, it's not like it's not like every book I read is is boob laden. I mean, it's just, now, it's, now that I think about it, though, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you know what you don't want to do? You really you don't you want to stay completely completely away from Vertigo. Yeah, and 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 now the X Men are off limits with Emma. Uh huh. Uh huh. For so. you. Yeah. Um, um, you can't do Sleeper. You can't do DMZ. You can't do Animal um, Man. Animal Man. Yeah, you could do that. Those are old, though. I mean, you could. I mean, if she likes superhero stuff, which she seems to. You oh, Grant Morrison, Dead. Justice League. Yeah. yeah. Walking Street. Dead. Well, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, go to the Giffen Justice League. Or, or the just or the or the Morrison Justice League. Anything yeah. like that. I mean, Superman. Anything you're gonna anything DCU is gonna Fantastic be Fantastic Four. Anything Fantastic Four. Actually, not DCU, because Justice League. Not Son of the Demon. No. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. It's, it's like nothing I really like seems to not have sex in it. Yeah. That's a part of the human condition. I like Is sex. <laughs> I like sex. Yeah, I'm have I'm like literally I'm scanning all my trades, and I got this. I I you know I picked this email because I was like, well, that's a good question. <laughs> but you couldn't answer it. Nope. Nope. I um, Kingdom, you would. Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, yeah. I'm trying to think of something that's like Bone. Owlie is a good one, actually. Uh, <laughs> Lost um, Girls. Oh, man. <laughs> Lost Girls. <laughs> Nothing by Alan Moore. No, no. Oh. Nothing by Frank Miller. So if you can no think of stuff, I'm, you know, it's funny because I know there's people out there who have, let's call it, different sets of of uh, standards than we do for this kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Um, so this is a really good chance for people to help in the comment section. Yes. Uh, to see if, if they can find John some more books for his, his bride-to-be. Although, you're, you're in trouble, dude. I didn't say I would that. I would just like to thank you, John, for having listened to us up until this point, and I will thank, <laughs> thank you. Um, thanks, for have, thanks for listening. Tiny, ti- tiny Titans? We will miss you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. It's all yeah. in good fun. Uh, if you have an if you have an email to send us, you can send it to contact at ifanboy.com and you can hear your letter on the show or maybe on the video show or perhaps on the weekly letters column, which we do every Friday on ifanboy.com. And it got creepy this week. Sorry. Yeah, who, whose was, fault that was, was that, Ron? That was, that was my fault. <laughs> the, comment, the comment stayed creepy, too. <laughs> I know when I pick a letter that no one will mention it ever. That's what I've learned about my ability to pick letters. So next week it's just gonna be like, so what's your favorite superhero to dress up like as? And then I'll go from there. <laughs> not a man of the people, you are not. I will admit that I didn't think the response to my letter would have taken the homoerotic turn it did. <laughs> so see, now you got to go read it to see what I'm talking about. Oh. And when you're done with that, you can watch movies. You can get those from Netflix, where they have over a hundred thousand titles and no late fees, and they got free shipping both ways, and they even got Blu-ray titles. The delivery is super fast, and they have majority of your shipments. You can get them in one day after you pick them on your queue. Plans start as low as four ninety nine a month, and if you go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy, you can get yourself a two-week free trial, and if you're really fast, you can get a lot of movies in that two-week free time. 
What about True Story, Swear to God? There's no. got to be nudity in that, There's isn't like there? like sex, but the... It's suggested. So sweet, you, can't even, you can't even suggest that someone should at some point be naked during the day. Can, she's, can people have She's a prude. She's a prude. He used the word, not me. Yeah, exactly. You can read understanding comic. No, there's probably some classic art in there. You um, can't even have someone taking a shower. All-Star Superman. Um, no, because because you got the, prude, the, the, the 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 guy in the office, Steve, making you know advances towards all the women on the office. Mm. No, but there's no nudity though, is there? Yeah, but he's suggesting he would like to see them naked. Uh. So that thought puts a thought in your head of them naked, and then I would you're like I would like a out. book full of costumes that are not skin tight. That's the other yeah. thing; they're all naked anyway. They're just colored. Yeah, it's true. Glamorous. Probably probably girls <laughs> would be the good book for you to have. Don't get war don't, heroes. I don't think he has to worry about getting war heroes. <laughs> coming out again. Sure, so good point. Good point. But Kickass is right up her alley, apparently. That's never coming out again either. <laughs> exactly. All right. So on to the voicemail. Our first voicemail uh, is requesting a clarification. This is Nate from Canton, Ohio. And I just had a question. I was wondering, what is a fifth week event? I've heard that term a couple of different times, and Ron actually said it in the show two or three weeks ago. So I was just kind of curious what that was. Thanks, guys. Bye. Ah, the fifth week event. Can we get any more inside baseball than this? So, um, yeah. on average, months are made up of four weeks. And when comic publishers, mainly Marvel and DC, plan their publishing schedules, they plan around co- their comics being supposedly monthly titles coming out once every four weeks. Every now and then, the calendar uh, a month uh, has a fifth week. For example, this month, December, has half of a fifth week uh, in it uh, in the, at the end of the month. Um, and so the publishers find themselves with an extra week in the schedule, and as opposed to just putting out the comics earlier, uh, sometimes they choose to do a little special event type thing. Um, DC, I think, has done it way more than Marvel. And, yeah, and then you have to read The Kingdom. Yeah, well, yeah. So what DC did was, um, and, and what kind of spun off of it was like the um, Marvel versus DC stuff. Um, uh, DC versus Marvel crossover was a fifth week event. Um, and then DC did the Tangent Comics, which was like a whole separate world within fifth weeks. Um, even Vertigo has done fifth week events. In 99, they did the V2K, um, which is a bunch of one-shots. Um, but Marvel, uh, Marvel Knights 2009 was a fifth week event in 2004. Uh, remember that whole ma- manga-verse they did in 2001? Um, pretty, much, pretty much Marvel's, um, the current batch of uh, what-ifs that come out once a year, are they do that on a fifth week. So, um, so yeah, so the kingdom, like Josh mentioned, um, uh, they, DC really hasn't done one that recently. Um, although I might, I feel like I'm wrong. I feel like I'm wrong. Didn't, didn't something happen recently where they did a fifth week event and I, and I'm blanking on that. Crap. There was, there was a Joker one a while back. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know. It was mainly happened between like 97 and 2001 or so. That's when they, that's when they happened a lot for some reason. It's kind of usually dropped. not great. So no, yeah. yeah they, like if you've ever like heard of a forgettable comic book event. It was something like that. I mean, yeah. like, like the kingdom is a really good example of of that. I'm, I can't think of another one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, t- typically the fifth week's ones, fifth week events don't have any impact on the on the on the continuity. Um, really, um, actually, Young Justice came out of a fifth week event. Remember that series? Yeah. Um, yeah. So There's that characters that, left over from the kingdom isn't Offspring a real character now? He was the son of of Plastic. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. This is, I mean, there's good things that can come out of it. Sure, they just, generally they don't, that's all. Yeah. But, was you know, DC what, 1 million, or was that, just, was that a crossover? Oh, that was totally a fifth-week event. That was awesome. And, and a crossover, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I, I believe, the, the remember Marvel did the flashback when they did the negative, the negative one issues? 
Uh, they yeah. did like Sp- Spider-Man Negative One. I believe that was a fifth week event. Yeah, so that's all. It's just it's something off the beaten path. That's not you know that that's not within. Although the negative issues were in continuity, but anyway, um, that that it just it's a break in their normal publishing schedule, which is a joke now because publishing schedules are a joke. So you know, I thought it was when your girlfriend gets really upset for no reason. <laughs> oh, that's not the fifth week event. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You've rendered Josh speechless. Con- consequently, <laughs> consequently, Connor's never had a relationship more than four and a half weeks long. <laughs> but when the fifth week comes around, I get the hell out of there. He goes, he goes, he goes hey, uh, what's, what's the date? She's like, why? It's the 15th. Why? No reason. Then, hey, I gotta go. And then, he goes, then he goes, are you gonna wear that? And then he leaves. <laughs> Oh, God, good times. All right, so if you have a question, if you need something clarified, or if you want to complain about your girlfriend's fifth week, uh, you can email us at, or you can call us on our voicemail line at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 1-888-326-2697. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. <laughs> I feel yeah. wrong. I feel a little wrong. Yes. <laughs> um... So there's your show. <laughs> do, do you know? Do you know what feels right? What feels right? Uh, supporting iFanboy feels right. Um, we talked about it last week. We have our, our iFanboy membership drive, and uh, memberships are still available uh, at a couple of different levels. There, um, we talked about it forever last week. So if if you didn't hear it, go back to last week's show. But check out topofifanboy.com. It's there. Longest thread of all time. Also, um, can we just say that we are? Uh, incredibly grateful and humbled by the by the response um by people so thank you and thankful thankful yeah well that's what grateful means right yeah i'm just saying but thank you everyone seriously thank we the, the the response has been outrageous um we you know we we didn't really know what to expect we you know honestly expected a, a lot more negativity than than there was um so that was great to see i mean everybody seems to have pretty much gotten the, what we're doing mm-hmm. um but you know but we're you know we're still you know, we know we know how many people have subscribed, and there's still a lot of you out there that haven't. So go to ifanboy.com to read all about it, or you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash store yeah. where you can sign up for uh, for a membership, and there are the different levels, and it all explains it there. Um, and we had a little bit of a brouhaha over on the Bendis board um, this week, which was interesting. But that was, you know, I think you know we handled that nicely. We clarified some things, and you know, people just need things explained. That's all. Ron, Ron you're a classy guy. That's what I learned. I, apparently, that was the term that just kept on getting thrown at me, and I was like, oh, thank, you're, you're thank you. You, you destroyed that idea this, in this episode. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> so, uh, as quickly as I built it up, I knocked it down. Yeah, so go check that out. We still definitely need, need more members, uh, but for the people who, who, div, who uh, have given and, and who plan to, we thank you very, very much. So yes. thank you. Uh, no regular show next week. Yes. Well, next next week is our holiday <laughs> our holiday schedule. We did this last year. Instead of the pick of the week show next Sunday, you will get the all media year in spectacular, which is the big show we do where we talk about the year in film, television, radio, not radio, music. Uh, <laughs> WJPY was excellent this year. I thought the morning drive time was just on. <laughs> Video, video games, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And also we do comics as well. We talk about the year in comics and our favorite stuff in the year and all that stuff. If you didn't listen last year, go back in the feed or go to fm.com and search out the all media show. We did two, we've did. we done three of them. Jeez, I don't, I don't even want to know. 
Yeah. Don't start. Doing and that. so instead of the pick of the week show, you get that next week, and then the week after, you pick of the week show will return. So and, that's and, and it's and it's not like we're cheaping out on the content because this is they're, they're historically they're like two three hour affairs, right? I mean, like two, they're, last they're, last year was two and a half, two and a half hours, two yeah. hours. So they're long yes. shows. We talk about a lot of stuff, and that's we really, you know we love comics. We also love to take time and talk about some other stuff too. So that's what you'll and get. I next be- week. And I might be speaking out of turn, but uh, I, I think we're going to be announcing something on that show, right? Another announcement. Another announcement. So, I need and, someone and, to come help me with my laundry. It's piling and up. And it, do, it doesn't involve asking you for money. So it's, it's, oh, something pretty, it's, it's something pretty cool that we're excited to share about. So make sure you listen to that uh, next week when it comes out. Mm-hmm. One of the things so. I've been working on for a while is it's going to be announced yeah. next week. And the, the pick of the week uh, will still be up on the site. Um, when that, yes. You'll still be able to talk about all your books of the week. It's, it's a special Christmas Eve pick of the week next week that I get to pick. Yeah, you're, you're loving that, aren't you? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dust off the year I picked the Marvel Holiday Special and just reprint that. <laughs> Why could we do this the week after where I have to do my pick on Friday? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sad yeah. trombone. Um, So yeah, so uh, next week's going to be fun, the next week's show. But you can find that show as well as all the great discussion and all the great writing that goes on uh, and all of our other podcasts and everything at ifanboy.com. That's the main central hub for this podcast (laughs) that you're listening to. Um, ifanboy.com. It's where you can find Josh's Pick of the Week review for um, whatever book he picked this week. And um, uh, Ex Machina. (laughs) I was going to say Robin. It's been (laughs) Um, and you, you can find all the great you can find like we said the letter column as well as the other great columns from folks like you know Paul and Jimsky and Mike and Sonia and, and Gordon and all the, the whole gang's up there so go to ifanboy.com and check it out that's really you members that's what you're signing up for that's what we're giving you every day free content all about comics and it should be noted as well that the last two weeks of the year will be on a holiday schedule. We're going to write about, post up an announcement about that, but there'll probably be less content just because it's holiday time and we like to And no one's going to be online, let's be honest. Come on. Okay. So, go be, with, go be with your families. Normally, so. you get free stuff every day. Yeah, from Christmas to the New Year, there'll probably be less. less we need a break, okay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Actually, no, we're, not, that, we're not getting the break. It's the writers. Yeah, exactly. I know. We're, the, we're still working. <laughs> <laughs> we have to keep writing. Yeah. So you, when you when you go there to see the free content, you go to ifanboy.com slash store. As, as we said earlier, that's where you can find the membership stuff. But also you can go there and you can find the books we talk about on the video show. You can find the Amazon link. And if you listen to this on Sunday or Monday, you still have time to do your holiday shopping through Amazon on ifanboy.com slash yep. Amazon. And you can go there and you can... You can or you can go to stuff. ifanboy.com forward slash store and there's a link to the Amazon store. And Amazon will ship up until Christmas Eve. So you can still get stuff. There's still time. I know I'm still shopping, so... Yeah. Yes. So go there at fanboy.com slash store for all of your needs. Need. All <laughs> your emotional <laughs> needs. All your fifth, all your fifth <laughs> week needs. <laughs> they literally do cover all your needs. Whatever all your, you need. Um, your classy needs. Classy, classy needs. While you are still at the site, uh, if you haven't, make sure you check out the video show. I'm, I'm powering through. <laughs> uh, every Wednesday from revision3.com slash ifanboy, there is a new long-form video show. This past week, we talked about ShamWow and possibly some comics. Uh, next week, uh, it's the vault on Christmas, Maybe. Christmas Eve. The vault, and it, <laughs> maybe, possibly. <laughs> Love the technical um, difficulties, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. This one is going to be close. And if you um, if you like the video show and you have a TiVo, you can find it on TiVo um, and under the video download section as well. You can find it on YouTube and a whole bunch of other places where you like to watch videos. So basically, if you're not watching the video, go to iTunes, go to TiVo, go to YouTube, go to wherever you watch video. Five bucks says we're there. If we're not where you watch video, let us know. We'll get on there. So. That's Ron's paying that, by the way. Yeah. If you follow my Twitter, you know that there's been some problems with, yeah. uh, with the show. So I, it's so much so that I'm getting 
calls and text messages asking if you're okay. <laughs> well, I'm, not even, I'm not even kidding. Like I was like, like from people who don't even like normally don't even like. There's some people who like are close friends who would worry. They've been silent. It's been the, <laughs> the, the vague periphery. Like, hey, is Connor all right? <laughs> Yeah, that was mm. awesome the other night. Awesome. Yeah. Good times. 102 episodes. It's about damn time. Ah, <laughs> uh, where are we on this? Okay, t-shirts. The Revision 3 store is up and running. Revision3.com slash store. You can get the iFanboy shirt, the blue and red and white iFanboy intern shirt. And they're available now for fifteen ninety nine, which is a deal from what they were sold for before. And, you know, hopefully there'll be some new t-shirts soon, perhaps. Hopefully. In case you haven't uh, had it pounded into your skull enough, if you want to write into us, email us at contact at ifanboy.com. We respond to every email or use it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Sorry. We use it. We'll use it. We use it on the site. We use it on the podcast. We maybe use it on a video show. But if you don't get a response, it's because you got the address wrong. Or uh, right. Or went to the spam folder. We didn't see it. Or or, or you wrote some really weird shit, uh, which happens occasionally. Or you can leave us a voicemail at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven, with any kind of questions or comments you want. Uh, make sure to leave your name where you're calling from, and try to keep it short, around thirty seconds or so. Uh, that's all. And if you listen to podcasts and you go to our website, most likely you like the internet. So most likely you have an account on some social network somewhere, be it Facebook or MySpace or Twitter or something. So go to ifanboy.com forward slash about where you can be friends or join the various groups of ifanboy as well as us individually. Um, and go to twitter.com forward slash ifanboy to get all the instant updates about um, content and things that are going on and good times and arguments with creators. Because that's what we're good at. <laughs> Finally, if you dig this show and our groovy vibe we got going here, you can go to... <laughs> iTunes and write us a review, dude. And uh, <laughs> it'd be cooler if you did. <laughs> I was actually on the other day, and I watched like three in the morning. Oh, I love um, it. oh, Wooderson. Better yet, you can tell your friends about the show. Your comic book friends, your weird older stoner friends who hang out and won't leave. <laughs> who never graduated from JC. We'll buy you, buy you Aerosmith tickets. So that's cool. <laughs> tell them about iFanboy. Spread the word at those weird keger parties in the woods that you have. <laughs> And um, if since we won't talk to you until after uh, Christmas, if you celebrate, Merry Christmas, have a great holidays. Hope everybody enjoys itself. Be safe. Be careful out there. Happy Drive Hanukkah safely. To those of our Happy Jewish Hanukkah friends. to our Jewish friends. Yep. Happy Kwanzaa to our friends. <laughs> I have good intentions. <laughs> uh, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I want no part of this. Damn cold, but. My nose is so much colder If you can't see my breath Why don't you stand just a little bit closer It's gonna be a fun, fun winter now That you've got my wool socks on It's gonna be so exciting when It gets cold outside